we greet all of you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Say, let him speak once more to us this morning. Ah, he's such a, a powerful God. Amen. Maybe just a, a bit of testimony so that you know that we don't just say he's powerful without him being powerful. Uh, we've got a, a testimony for our brother, brother Lucky. If you can just raise your hand so that they see you, my brother. Amen. So the brother has been coming to the service. And as he was coming, he loved what was being preached. And then he has got a family in KZN. And then the family in KZN. Uh, they are, they've got, they come from a very rich traditional background. Amen. Uh, so they've got, uh, they come from a rich uh, traditional background. And then they said, because he, they used to participate in some traditional practices. But when the brother began to listen to the weight, then he began to disengage himself. Then they they warned and threatened him and said something will go bad. Amen. Amen. Then later, his wife was pregnant, taken to Whitbank Hospital. Now, during the process of the delivery, which was a C-section, and then during the procedure, things just went wrong. The wife slipped into a coma, rushed to the ICU. The baby was rushed to the ICU. The brother couldn't access them for a day or two. But they told him that if she has been unconscious for over six hours, uh, we might be forced at some point in time to disconnect the machine. Because we are not hopeful if it is after six hours. So the brother said, I went home. Then I began to say, if the, what they preach in church is the truth, I pray God that you to confirm that it is the truth. Wake my wife up. If you wake my wife up, then I will surrender my life. The next day when he went to the hospital, he was allowed to come through in the evening. The wife was awake. 
But now the baby was still in the ICU. Now what happened is that he came here on Sunday told me what was happening and told me that because the baby is in the ICU the machine can go, uh, the ventilation machine can cause brain damage to the baby. Then I say, my brother, let's speak to the same God that will wake up your wife. Then we spoke to the uh, God. The mother and the baby are safe at home. We've got to believe that is the same yesterday, today. Amen. He, he does keep his way. I think there is just so much that God is doing amongst us. And I think we, we've got to speak about what he's doing. I'm told the brother, is it the brother, the brother to brother Gary? Brother Masuma, what is his name? Is Masuma here? Okay, doesn't seem to see him. There's a brother that from you know the Zimbabwean brother that he normally comes with. His feet were normally swollen. When it is worse, he would use a walking stick. And the wife would be busy with all those, uh, is it deep heat or so, so forth? Came, we had a communion service. And uh, during the communion service, he says during the feet washing, as the, uh, another believer was busy washing his feet, he felt a tingling sound that went through his feet. He says it was as if his feet were being reconnected to the body. And says, from that day, I have never had any problem with that. When you approach God with sincere hearts, I tell you, you'll walk away with much. Amen. How, believe, how many believe that He loves us? He performs. When he performs miracles, he doesn't cause so much noise. He, he moves, great things happen in silence. Amen. I'm very much encouraged by this God. Revelation 10, verse 15. <clears throat> Or maybe let's start from verse 13, Romans 13, 10, verse 13. If you have found it, you can just say amen. Amen. 
It says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Okay, for God, Brother Lucky is going to be baptized. Amen. Verse 14. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in whom they have not heard? How they shall how shall they hear without a preacher? Kepa, bayo kulega kanjani uye, abanga kolwanga nguyena, bayo kukolwa kanjani, abanga zwanga ngayena, bayo kuswa kanjani, kuneko shumayela yuna. And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. Amen. Those that bring good news. How many believe that the gospel is good news? Ephesians 4. From verse 8. So now verse 8. It reads in this manner, I found. Wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Now that he ascended, what is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens that he might feel all things. Amen. And he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. Not just for the sake of giving them, but in verse 12, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Till we all come in the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Amen. That uh, we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro, and carried about with every wind of doctrine, 
by the slates of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. Uguze singabe sisaba isingani si shukunyeswa o kwamaza si peshulwa yimi moya yonge yezi fundiso ngosiso yabantu ubukili as we pray most gracious heavenly father this morning we are very much thankful we are thankful for ourselves and we are very much thankful on behalf of brother Lucky for what you have done in his family now he can go out and testify that this God is not a historical God but he is a present tense God. Amen. And he's available in times of need. We want to thank you, O oh God, for being the kind of God that you are. Amen. And Lord, this morning, maybe there are those that have got needs in their hearts that they have not submitted them to anybody. Even without submission, you know them, dear God. And my greatest desire is that grant them their heart's desire. And whatever storms that the devil may be trying to cause in their life, oh God, bring peace upon that storm. Amen. And Lord, this morning we have read a portion of a scripture. You can be the only one that can divinely interpret the scriptures. We are human beings. We've got so much limitations. But you are unlimited, Heavenly Father. And that is why it was fitting for us to invite you before we started this gathering. Because without you being part of this gathering, it will definitely be in vain. Amen. But at this point in time, I'm praying for myself, for humility, so that the human ability can be taken aside. And let God operate supernaturally amongst his people. This is not a, an intellectual activity, but it is a supernatural activity that needs God. And that is why I committed the reading of the way to you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. While you take your seats. Amen. God bless you richly. Just for a couple of minutes, I think let's just continue where we left off regarding the fivefold ministry. How many believe that the fivefold ministry is still critical in the end time? It won't be a one-fold. It has to be a five-fold in order to edify the church and bring the church to perfection. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> and this, maybe just to read and kickstart with a quotation, because we just laid the foundation on Wednesday. When, 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 when the brother Brenham was around, 
people were worried what was going to happen after he's gone. What would the church follow after he was gone? Because he's a man that came with such a mighty ministry that shook the the religious order of the day. And I think it is it is normal that every time whenever there has been a great leader you ask what's next? When Moses was here, then what's next? When Jesus was here, what's next? But uh, God will never leave the church stranded. Uh, God is a God of continuity. Amen. Amen. And that is why his, his economy has never revolved around an individual. Uh, he allows an individual to be used. But after they have been used, the spirit moves to the next person, to the next person, to show the continuity of God. And I think that is what makes us as ministers to to appreciate the privilege that we have to serve him. Because God doesn't start with Brother Madiba and end with Brother Madiba. There was God brother before Brother Madiba. And there will be God after Brother Madiba. Brother Madiba has got just an allotted time to fulfill a specific purpose. But after God moves on, are we together, brethren? So uh, uh, no one can hold God at a ransom. Say, without me, you can't do anything. God can raise children of Abraham from the stones. Uh, what the one thing that brought humility in my heart for many years that I've been around. Uh, I've always known that I'm not indispensable in God's economy. And if you want to go somewhere with God, never think you are indispensable. If he allows you to do something, it is by his grace. And be gracious to be humble in that call. Now, after, after Brother Brenham left, and I think for us to be able to 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 get somewhere, we've got to be 
honest with the current reality. When the prophet was taken off the scene, and actually even when he was on the scene, there are men that were under his ministry. And they had ambitions that will take over. Uh, after he's gone. And Brother Brenham was uh, such a man that would drop compliments to mean that he operated with. Amen. And somebody maybe will say, if you don't understand this subject, go to brother so and so. But it was not him saying the brother is going to succeed me. Because after he is gone, then men came and say we can explain it better. Uh, but I want to say the bride is a universal movement. Represented in different countries, from different nationalities. Uh, but the God that sent William Brenham is still on the scene. Are you here this morning? They asked Brother Brenham this question in COD. Would the bride of Christ have a ministry before? Before the rapture. Amen. Before the rapture. Will there be a ministry? The prophet says, sure. That's what's going on right now. The bride of Christ. Certainly it is the message of the hour. The bride of Christ. She consists of Apostles, prophets, teachers, evangelists, and pastors. That's the body, the bride of Christ. She's got a ministry. It's a great ministry. It's the ministry of the hour. But yet it will be so humble. What that ministry will consist of apostles, Prophets, teachers, evangelists, and pastors before the rapture. So that means apostles will exist as long as we are here. The prophets will exist as long as we are here. The teachers will be here. The evangelists and pastors will be here. You know why I'm saying that? After the opening of the seals, there was a, a spirit that wanted to hijack the church, which was the spirit of fanaticism. They asked Brother Brendan a question Should we continue on the evangelical field? Brother Brendan says, As long as he has not returned, continue. 
And you can't blame the people that were asking. They saw the opening of the way. The fullness of the way. Jesus Christ being made real. But Brother Branham says, don't, don't change a thing. Just be ordinary and move on. Until the coming of the Lord. Because some, they wanted, to, uh, they were planning to get married and they said because now we seem like the coming of the Lord is near then we there's no need for us to get married some wanted to quit go, going to work some wanted to quit studying the danger was always fanaticism Hallelujah. Brother Brenham says if God is coming tomorrow, he must find me if he, I'm a farmer still farming. He says if I'm a mechanic, I continue to be a mechanic. Uh, can I get an amen from young brothers? Hallelujah. You do your part. You plan your things as if it's coming in a thousand years but you live like it's coming any moment. Uh, I will have a problem with a young man that does nothing and say the coming of the Lord is near. That's, that's when you have twisted the scriptures. Amen. If the rapture cherries, you still have to be a man and provide. You still have to raise children. And you will understand why within the fivefold ministry there is a need for a pastor. Actually, I'm in, for within the fivefold ministry, the pastor is the one that deals with the realities. I don't promote the pastor at the expense of others. The evangelist comes, preaches the message, he moves on. But the pastor must follow up and check whether things are right. He's the one that remains with the sheep. He's the one that will check how are you raising and teach you how to raise the children. And actually I've realized within the fivefold ministry is the only the pastor that must be married. There's no scripture for evangelists to get married. There's no scripture for an apostle to get married. Or a teacher. But the pastor must have a one wife. And I wondered why is the pastor required to get married? How can he advise you about marriage if he's not married? So do you see he's dealing with the realities? Hallelujah. And that's why sometimes when people come to the pastor, some they expect a prophetic advice 
advice. But sometimes the pastor gives you a real advice. Hallelujah. Because if you come to the pastor, I'm just giving an example. Pray for me, I'm studying. The pastor will ask, have you studied enough? And if you are not, if you are someone, you walk away and say, that man is not spiritual. I want to get married. Amen. So, Evangelists can tell you God will provide. But the pastor will say you need to provide. Amen. You see, he deals with realities. Amen. But the beauty, those uh, 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 the the the, the, three, the five offices. I don't believe that there is any office that is more important than the other. And maybe to connect, just to take where we left off on Wednesday. For those that were not here. We said it's like a parable. If you play soccer, there are people that are earmarked to score. Amen. Those guys are celebrated. Fans love them. Uh, I mean, there isn't much that has been said about a goalkeeper. There isn't much that has been said about the backliners. But the goal scorers, after they had put the ball in the net, they would run and the grandstand there will be the uh, the people will go into frenzy and the people will celebrate but uh, a good goal scorer he knows that for the ball to hit the net there are so many feet that change that change with the ball in order for us to reach the goal scorer and that's why in the ministry uh, there is no superman we need one another and sometimes you may not be a preacher you may not be a well known person but you may be the very one that is holding the church together how by your prayers maybe you are not even saying much you just slip into the church quietly and move out quietly but God respects you and part of that respect he makes the environment to be to be sustainable uh, do you understand what I'm talking about it doesn't mean that if I'm wearing a mic this morning I'm standing here I'm the important one in the church there is, there is an effort because if I could think that as a pastor I'm important then I become a prisoner to my own ego. And when you become a prisoner to your own ego, then God leaves you alone because it is a human effort. But, but when you know that it is that brother, that sister, that brother, and all of us, when we come together, then we become a church of God. Then we learn to respect one another. Then we learn to love one another. Because we 
we realize we need one another. The danger part in our in the end time. Because there's so much individualism. When people think that they can survive on their own. You need a community to survive. And if you're a believer, you need a spiritual community to survive. So that people can strengthen you. And you can strengthen them. You can advise them. They can advise you. Do you believe that we need one another? Uh, Without us as a team, then we've got a problem. But after God has called us together, because God is not a God of confusion, but it is God of order. The church of God has got an order. It does not operate haphazardly. God has put me in that are gifted to lead his church. And actually, it's not the leadership of me, but it is the leadership of God through me leading the church. And I want you to stay with me because Paul, I think it's Peter when he speaks, when he speaks to the shepherds, he says the shepherds, they must not lord over the church. To lord is, I don't know, to boast the church. Amen. And if if you want to get somewhere with God, especially in God's economy, control doesn't work. Influence works. Hallelujah. Control breeds rebellion. Hallelujah. If somebody controls you and you want to prove that you are a real comrade, you must protest against that control. Why the Bible says it, it speaks more favorably about influence than control? Because free influence, it has to do with how you live, how you approach things. You are standing amongst the people, then it makes you to be influential. Control doesn't care how you are, you want just to want to control. And to you, brothers that are married, do we influence our families or do we control them? I'll leave it there with you. But control has got limitations. Because if you are not there to control me, I'll get to mischief. But if I influence you, even if you are not there, I'm still influential to you. Hallelujah. Because control is a policeman. You must be there to control. 
control. Me personally, I hate control. I don't operate very well under control. I operate very well under being influenced. Because when you are being influenced, Brother Bram doesn't control me. Christ doesn't control me. But they influence me. I look at them and I say, I want to be like them. That's not control there. But it is influence. And my question as a believer, you must be influential. Are we together? Because the, the way the spirit of Nicolaitism came, when leadership lost control, lost influence, then control kicked in. Amen. Are we together? Now let's put it this way. In the message proving his weight, or, or, or no, trying to do God a service without it being God's will, he says, you say, I'm a minister anointed. Then stay a minister. Don't try to be a prophet. If you are evangelist, stay evangelist. And you, pastor, should never tell a prophet what to do. Or your, uh, you, evangelist, tell a pastor. Each office has his each one has his office if it is perfectly identified. Uh, Evangelists, you know, I'm going to get into them individually. I'm running ahead of myself now. Evangelist does not have people's skills. He's not a people's person. Evangelists thrive on being controversial. Hallelujah. When people are very upset with him, he's really done a good job. And, and when you have an, an evangelist, when an evangelist is sitting there and listens to the pastor preach, he says, This man is having it easy with these people. Hallelujah. They, they, they need to be chopped off. Hallelujah. But, but but every mini ministry has got its own place. You know, a, a, a pastor, we'll get to the pastor. A, a pastor, as we, 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 we heard, is the one that leaves a hand 99. And goes up the mountains and comes down the valleys just to look for one sheep. And he finds that sheep and will put that sheep on his shoulders and come up, coming up and down to bring the sheep back into the fold. Stay with me, you'll see something here. When, when a sheep is coming or is 
found somewhere to us alone. You know, sheep are meant to go, to go as, as a flock. So, when you find a sheep that is a, a loner and it is in the middle of nowhere, you must know that that sheep is already traumatized. Because it is there in the wilderness, it knows that any time I can be swallowed. But the shepherd comes and comes and rescues the sheep and put it on his shoulder. Uh, you can imagine in what state that sheep will be in. It was not well fed. It is weaker. It is looking traumatized. And he comes carrying it and brings it into the fold. Now when he drops it into the fold, those sheep that were in the camp that were eating healthy when they look at this one they just wonder and say it's looking funny are we together I've seen that when a sinner comes the pastor finds a sinner somewhere or a backslider coming carrying the backslider on his shoulder and putting him into the church as some sheep will become very judgmental. Say, this, dress is, this dress is not long enough. Where were you when we were looking for that sheep in the mountain? And the danger part is that those that are found, they forget that they were once lost. But if you realize that I was once lost and I was found, then you become gracious. You need to encourage that believer. Because the believer has been traumatized. Do you know what I'm talking about? Because even at Brenham Tabernacle, while the prophet is there, there is a sister there. She was wearing a mini skirt and singing Amazing Grace. Hey, it was irritating other sheep. This prophet has got velvet. He's dealing with a sister with velvet gloves. Until the one went to the prophet and said, why don't you deal with that woman? Why is she wearing like that? Today they don't even do that. They just leave the church. They say there is a sister with a miniskirt playing there in church. And they think they've got a valid reason. But the prophet says to this one, leave that woman alone. There is a sweet spirit about on her. And he comes and says, some are wearing long dresses, but their short temper is dangerous. But there she is wearing a miniskirt. But in the spirit realm she is right. But the prophet knows that she is coming, she is growing. Believers, don't be impatient with people that are growing. The least that you can do, pray for them. 
Do you know what I'm talking about? Chickens are blind. Well, how can they leave it like that? If I was a deacon, I would clear it out. Yes, I've been where you were. I was a young man in church. And I used to blame deacons. Why are they leaving that one? Why don't they just chop off and apply the weight and let's move forward? Repent or perish. Until I grew up and I realized there are many pieces that are connected to the peace. Yeah, sometimes you look at a, 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 a married man. So this man is misbehaving. Why don't we kick him out? But we are looking and say, if we kick him out, uh, when you are there and say, maybe they are compromising. Are they afraid of him? Maybe we are thinking about the children. We are thinking about the poor wife. And we say, if God can help us to win this man back, let us convince him that his ways are not right. Let us encourage him. But you are sitting there condemning. When you, are, when you, are, when you, don't, when, when you criticize without accountability, it's easy. If you want to check somebody that has got no accountability, the one that criticizes most. But the one that has accountability does not criticize. He doesn't give up on people easy. I was shocked. I was listening to a senior pastor. And they asked him a question. What is the greatest regret in your ministry? He says, my greatest regret I gave up on people quickly. Aren't we giving up on people quickly? Are you here, believers? Yeah. I hope I'm not preaching Greek. <laughs> Amen. You are able to follow. Amen. So these men will be in the church. And they will be they will be placed by God in the church. I think let, let us go and tackle these offices. Amen. And you don't wake up and say, I'm an evangelist. No, God must elect you and place you. Are we together? Amen. And if you are not quite sure whether I'm an evangelist or I'm a what, check the effect of your ministry. Uh, I think the most traumatized church is where an evangelist became a pastor. Oh, boy, things are running tough there. Amen. We together because, uh, especially, you know, if if you are if you are a pastor, if I go and there is a a marital dispute, and uh, because the pastor must 
his responsibility is to reconcile people in disputes. He's the ox of the team. Bring this group and this group or this family and that family and bring sweetness out of them. But, but when you've got an evangelist that is in the role of a pastor, he goes, he goes to a family and as they are talking, he tries to reconcile them as he's busy helping them, he gets his someone right there. Hallelujah. And when he comes to church, oh, you that he was helping, you are in trouble. Hallelujah. He blasts you to pieces. That's, that's, That's a man that is placed in a wrong role. Are we together? When we attend to people's issues, they don't become sermons. Does the church know what I'm talking about? I've seen a lot of times a minister is preaching, a, 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 a sinner comes through, not dressed right, and takes a seat there. Oh, there's someone just changes to dressing. Then you wonder if she did not come in, did we have a message today? But it's, it's when the gifts are misplaced. Because when a, a gift is misplaced is none is of none effect. Are we still together, brethren? Now, before I get there, Brother Brenham, when he speaks about the fivefold, in the message putting on the whole armor of God, he says, Now, God fortified his army what? with what? Himself. In the form of prophets, apostles, teachers, pastors. What did he do? What was God? doing? Did you ever think what that that those offices of the church are? It's God's dress. Hallelujah. Inside dress. An apostle, apostle a prophet, prophet. Uh, before Satan ever gets to it, to the church, God has got those people there. God dressed up dressed up in his church. This office is God's dress. When you see those offices, pastors, teachers, evangelists, then that is God's dress way. God's spirit is working through those men. Now today there are people that are living they sit at home and they say we'll listen to the tale. The spirit will never come and minister to you at home because the spirit has placed men in the church. So if you say you are under the tape ministry 
It may sound good, but it is unscriptural. And let me tell you, sometimes people, you can't blame them. People get disappointed along the journey. But two wrongs don't make right. If you are disappointed by a minister, it doesn't warrant that you can stay at home. Find another church where they preach the gospel and serve God right there because God has placed his gifts in the church. What is God's dress wear? It is the fivefold ministry. And you can never have a dress unless somebody is putting that dress. So that means God is there. I hope we are together. Are you still with me? Now let us come to an apostle. I guess this is and check what what is he meant to do. I said, you can never have one office and promote it at the expense of another office. And let me take it further. The fivefold ministry if they are not operating under a dispensational prophet, there is hopeless as the church. They are as lost as the church. So it must be the fivefold ministry that are operating under a dispensational prophet. Are we still together? Now, the prophet says, an apostle in this message, baptism of the Holy Spirit. It says, because an apostle is a missionary. He said some in the church, in the church, in the body. First apostles, those are missionaries. We've got one here in the church now. Brother, I call him Jeffries. That's the first call, a missionary. You say a, a, an apostle is a missionary? Absolutely. Go look in the dictionary and find what apostle means. It means the one that is sent. What a missionary means is the one that travels the seas for the Lord Jesus. He goes into places where there are no churches. Actually, if I can borrow today's language, an apostle is a church planter. He goes into an area. Hallelujah. He is different from an evangelist you'll check. Because evangelist just preaches and people repent but there must be a pastor there that after the people have repented then they come under a pastor so that they can be uh, the, the shepherd can lead them but uh, when an apostle goes there the apostle when he goes in there there is no pastor there is no church there is nothing he starts from scratch and preaches the gospel and after he has preached 
the gospel, then he set things in order. Then he will find the pastor and he maybe get the church to elect the pastor and set the church in order. Then he moves on. Isn't what Paul was doing? He goes into Ephes and he finds the people there. He preaches. Then he elects the elders for them. Then thereafter he moves on. Because that man is an apostle. An apostle will always set things in order. Amen. Amen. There are many names that are coming to my mind, but I won't mention them. So that I may not avoid controversy. Amen. Why did you mention this one and not mention that one? Let's continue. But he who sets churches. Hallelujah. Where there are no churches. And there are pastors that come out of those churches. He's an apostle. Are we together? He says in this message, winning then judgment. Winning then judgment. Winning and judgment. Warning. Warning. Warning and judgment. Then we find out the apostle is a special man. He is a setter in order. He is a man that sent from God to set the things in order. Hallelujah. Joseph meeting his brethren. You know you are in the will of God. You have to be when you are a missionary. Because the general orders is go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. So missionaries, prophets, evangelists and pastors make up the church. So as long as you are a missionary or an apostle you are sent of God to a mission. Stay with me. When you are an apostle you've got to have a heart of an apostle because you will be tested let me give you an example if 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 you are a, an apostle uh, you go into areas and when you are in an area hallelujah because uh, you know i don't know when you are an apostle and you move into an area maybe you've got your luggage and maybe you've got each suit for every day. And you get into an area and you see the people are not changing clothes. Are you going to change your suit every day? So you, you must be able to have a heart to fit in an environment. How many know what I'm talking about? If you find them eating something, you must eat what they are eating. You must really have a big heart. I know a brother was telling us maybe some countries are very poor. Madagascar is one of the poorest countries in the world. Do you know what they do there? When they have eaten, uh, I know it, it, will, it, will, it will turn your stomach. We are told that when they eat, they, they will eat uh, maybe, uh, maybe eat meat and they will take the bones they will take the very same bones to use them for a gravy for the next day. 
Hallelujah. And they don't care where that bone comes from. They just put them in one pot to make a grave for the next day. So if you take chances and you are an apostle and you are in that environment and they do that and you, 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 you lift your nose, your gospel will be rejected. You must have a heart that's why it never take chances if you are not cold because when you are cold God puts capacity in you irrespective of where you are going you are able to be able to sustain to be sustainable in that environment yes we, we, we have had gory stories people go into a country and the best uh, the best cuisine that they have there in our area or the best food that they have there is rats. But if you are cold, in order to win them, you must eat with them. So if you are not cold, stay at home. Amen. Hey, people think that when you are cold, you are cold in a Mercedes Benz. No, no, no. No, no, no. There are some rough terrains that you've got to navigate on. Amen. Are you still with me? I think let's move from an apostle. Let's go to the prophet. There is a difference between a prophet and the prophet. The prophet can never be questioned. But a prophet we can interrogate. The prophet has got thou says the Lord. A prophet, his weight must look at whether it comes to pass. And the elders must listen to the a prophet. And write in the book. And say this man said this thing will come to pass. And we file it. If it doesn't come to pass. Then we go to the brother. A brother it was not God. But the prophet. Can never be questioned. How, how do you question Moses? He's got, thou says the Lord. How do you question Isaiah? They go into the wilderness and they come out. Thou says the Lord. And they go back into the wilderness. And they come back with a message. They've got no time so that you can analyze their message. That's why the people that are trying to analyze Brother Brennan, they've got a problem today. My question is simple. If you want to analyze Brother Brennan, you are but I want to check is there anything that you can bring on the table that can produce the same results that this man's ministry produced after you have pushed brother Branham outside you will still ask what is the right baptism hallelujah and, and a lot of them when I ask them 
Yes, I ask this lady, is it uh, Sister Kathy? Kathy, Kathy Jenkins. Left the message. Say the message is wrong. Then I say, Sister Kathy, I've got a question. If I want to leave the message, as you have left the message, I want to know the scriptural order for me to be saved. Hallelujah. I want you to take me through the process. You know what? She couldn't take me there. Because she knows if she says Father and Son and the Holy Ghost, I've got an answer, which is the Bible answer. People that attack the message, they have never brought anything as a substitute. Because you can never substitute thou says the Lord. If it comes from the God, it must be believed. Let me, how can you produce the result that we have outside of the message? Because this message is not just a bunch of books. But it is the flowing life of Jesus Christ into the heart of the believer. And if you just see a stack of books, then you will analyze and analyze. But if you analyze, the next thing that you analyze is the very Bible. Before we know it, you are no longer even a believer of the Bible. Because the Bible or God's message can never ever be interpreted like it's a newspaper. It has to be by revelation. Are you still with me? No. A prophet a, a prophet. Oh, a prophet. Yeah. yeah. Yes, not the prophet. Yeah, just a prophet. A prophet. He or she. Yes, even a sister can prophesy. You should not die like a prophet now. Say so one, two, three. Then we write in a book. And right and right. It must happen exactly. God doesn't work with almost. It was almost. No, 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 no. It must be exact. And a prophet's ministry in the church must never tamper with the doctrine of the church. Hallelujah. No, no. The church, the doctrine of the church is sacred. Because things that we hear about today, the prophet rises up and all of a sudden tells everybody in the church to go on a fast. Is that what the prophet taught us? He never taught us that way. Let him prophesy. And let us look at the prophecy. If it comes to pass. And if it has not come to pass, we need to go back to him and say that prophecy did not come to pass. And a lot of times, I can tell you what is happening with us pastors. If somebody prophesies and it comes to pass and he prophesies again, 
then it comes to pass. Then that person becomes a pastor's friend. He's untouchable. If somebody wants to ask him, the pastor feels threatened. Do you have a problem with me? No, we don't have a problem with the pastor. We've got a problem with him because whatever he says must be subject to the elders. Are we together? It can never just be thou says the Lord through and through. No, 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 no. We must ah. check what the word says. And after we've checked what the word says, and check if it comes to pass, and if it comes to pass, then we will say, bless you. Here's the danger. If a brother prophesies, and it comes to pass, he prophesies, it comes to pass, then we treat him like a, a we give him, we put him on a pedestal. Now, eh, this brother will be under pressure to perform. People will go to him, what do you see? And a gift of prophecy, are you together here? A gift of prophecy is not fortune telling. Hallelujah. Don't come here looking for lots of numbers. Hallelujah. It must be used for God's they tried it with Brother Brennan and said, Brother Brennan, tell us where the oil is. He said, you can never gift, use the gift of God for material gains. Are we together? Yes, others come and say, is that promotion coming? And when the man is under pressure, brother, I feel something about you. This will happen. And you walk away. If it doesn't happen, you get disappointed. A gift must be handled through the scriptures. Yes, people love, love fortune telling. If there could be a prophet, everybody want to know, will I have that money or not that money? Here's another danger. When a gift of prophecy comes into the church, it always creates three kinds of people. The first ones, they look at it and say, no, we don't want it. No, 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 we don't want it. Then the second group, they look at it and say, let us check where this thing is going. The third group, they idolize it. I would rather be with a group that say, let's wait for it and see. Let us check it by the scriptures. Let us reject it if it's supposed to be rejected by the scriptures. I believe that if Brother Brenham was here today, in most message churches, he was not going to be welcome. Yes, I've said it. He was not going to be welcome. And those that will not welcome him are those that were not living right. How do you walk in an area if a man can see what, where, where, what, 
Where were you last night? You rather stay your friend saying no. That's wrong. Because you know when you come closer, you will say, My brother, on such and such a day, you did such and such a thing. Repent. Yes, they did it with people think that when they were living during Brother Branham's time, they were going to accept him. No. Ministers stood at fire and say mental telepathy. Psychology. Because boy, you couldn't be in the presence of that man without him seeing through you. events in your life. Amen. Let's be honest. If they can say there is a machine, if we plug it on your head, it will say whatever you think. And your wife buys you that machine. Will you plug it on your head? Why? It's like a kind of prophet in the church. And because these gifts are not there, people just walk in and sing amazing grace go back to the old life come on Wednesday if they knew that if they come there the brother will be inspired and say brother I want to see you this, 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 this then you will know when I go to that church I must repent or I must stay away Are you still with me, believers? Amen. Let's go to an evangelist. Evangelist, there is an appetite in the message to get rid of this poor fella called evangelist. People don't like him. They don't want to listen to him. He's not sophisticated. He's not disciplined. He doesn't know how to use weights. He embarrasses us by the things that he says. Put him in some corner somewhere. Amen. And how do you how do they discredit the evangelist? Brother, 
We need the deeper things of God. The back part of the mind of God. Elohim before he became God. Where were you when the sons of God shouted? That's what we need. Not this thing that our women must not dress right. You say our women must dress in this way. Hallelujah. Evangelist, for some reason, he sees things. That he must be corrected. That's why, as ministers come and preach, we allow authenticity. You must be an authentic. Don't preach like the pastor. Preach like yourself. Then you will be a blessing to the people. Because the danger always, when the pastor comes and his ministry is this way, every brother becomes a pirate in the church, imitating the pastor. That is not happening here because I would have corrected it. Everyone must be authentic. If I preach faster, it doesn't mean everybody must preach faster. Some will be slower. That's why we have taught the church to recognize God no matter in what form He comes. Are we together? Now, evangelists. It's not, it's not love, Bram says. They don't want him behind their pulpits. Because he's not going to spare feelings. He doesn't care whether he had coffee with you yesterday. He doesn't care whether... He doesn't care. He comes and he chops to pieces. The more you cry, the more he chops. That's an evangelist. He's not loved. Yes, sisters. Even sisters don't love the evangelist. Because he, he will zoom on to their dressing. He, he doesn't care whether it's your personal choice. He doesn't care about people's preferences. His day is sent by God to deliver a message. And when he sees the dressing that is not right, he will call it out. And Branham had an evangelistic element to his ministry. He some of you sisters, the way you are dressing is like they have put into your dress. Where it shows every form of your body. Today people want, don't want to hear that anymore. That's my preference. That's my pencil. That's how I prefer it. Oh, oh, you need an evangelist to come and put you in your place. Evangelist doesn't even care whether you greet him after church. Even if you all pass him, he says, Job well done. There's an evangelist. 
And even next time when we give him pulpit, he'll look at you and say, I know some of you don't want me here. But I am here in the house. And it starts again. That's an adventure. When he's around, we don't talk. We don't want him to pick up anything. Because this man is dangerous. If he hears it, he's going to speak about it. (laughs) A brother tried to be an evangelist and he wasn't one. Came, blasted to the church. After the service, people were just looking at him. And he whispered into another man's ear. I feel like I've grown a tail. People are looking at him. Then I say, he's not evangelist. Evangelist will not even care. You even ask and say, where are we eating? And people say, are you not the one that just dealt with us? And he is no longer needed in the church. You know, they were quite. My favorite evangelist has always been Brother Mampe. Oh, Amen. Oh. If there's a man that can create chaos, it's that man. He has been beaten many times, but he never stopped. That's a vengeance that hurts. But you see, the results well others are punching him others are saying this man is telling the truth can we come where you fellowship amen and I believe a church from time to time it needs a dose of evangelists to come and help you clean your house clean your your life. Amen. He's, 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 a, he's, he's like a flying eagle. He's a fireball. Oh, fireball. Amen. The danger part in the ministry when evangelist has been successful and later they want to be pastors. And they destroy the ministry. Amen. How many evangelists you knew? They had an impact in, in the communities. The day they went, they became pastors. That's the day their ministry finished. Amen. And no one wants to be an evangelist this day. Everyone wants to be a pastor. Because I'm told that some they think a pastor is the only one that is connected to finance. Others, it's silent on finance. Amen. And that's why 
when you grow as a church don't become too greedy let the money work for the ministry if there is an evangelist that must be supported let them be supported if we need to buy a tent for him he wants a tent let him get a tent and support him with our prayers and with our offerings I think another thing that frustrated the evangelist was the pastors as well because they became greed when it comes to finance and stuffed the poor fellow. Amen. Do you see you've, they've got to work together? Amen. Are you still with me, brothers? Let's come to this one of a pastor. Amen. He, he's a he's a bed and bearer. He is the ox of the team. We we In the message, you warning then judgment. And that is when warning and judgment. Brother Brenham says, but you see. In the church, there is the pastor. That pastor is a special person. He's built, he can put up with the fastest of the people. He's a burden bearer. He's the ox of the team. He's the man that can sit down. Somebody has got something against somebody else. And sit down with them two families. And take neither side. And reason it out. And bring it right back into sweetness. He's a pastor. He knows how to take care of things. If two families are fighting, the pastor doesn't become buddy-buddy with another family. And both they shoot the other family. He comes as a neutral person. Because when people are fighting, that means they're not reasoning things to, uh, properly. They don't process things properly. So the pastor has got the patience to sit down and hear this one and hear this one. If it needs to, for him to do it the whole night, he will do it. But, but when he leaves, he must have brought the sweetness in the people. Because that's, that's his ministry. And if you can become a pastor without really being called to be a pastor, you will be afraid of disputes because people can people fast wherever there are people people will disagree people will step on each other's toes but they need a pastor to come in uh, not taking sides but staying in the middle of the road and try to reconcile them and bring the sweetness I disagreed with how another pastor I was told how he does things. They say if the married couple have fought and then he comes he says, brother, can I see you first? Brother, 
are a good man of a humble brother. But you must know women are weaker vessels. Don't argue. You be a man and be straightforward and ignore her noise and pray the rapture will come. Don't bother her. I believe in you. You are a strong man. And you can never come to this level of a weaker vessel. God bless you, Pastor. Good advice. Steps are aside. The sister comes. Sister, you know me not trouble. And you, sisters, are spiritual. That's why God has entrusted you with bringing the children. Pray for that man. There is a demon that is bothering him. You just be patient. Don't argue with him. And when they get into the car, everyone thinks he has won. That's not that's not solution. You're just sugarcoating issues. A real pastor will sit with them both. Hallelujah. And uh, sisters, a real pastor is never misled by tears. The one that is right is not the one that cries most. Yes, you may be affected. It's not wrong to cry. <laughs> but it doesn't contribute anything <laughs> except just to allow you to deal with it. <laughs> Brothers, you, the one that is the most angry doesn't mean it's the right one. So anger will never mislead the pastor. Tears will never mislead the pastor. The pastor is following an issue. And if one gets angry, we wait. <laughs> if one cries, we wait. <laughs> we are here for the issue. <laughs> to resolve this <laughs> issue. <laughs> if it takes the whole night, let it take <laughs> the whole night. <laughs> but when we leave, somebody must say, I'm sorry. Amen. And sister, it doesn't mean when... <laughs> It doesn't mean when a pastor comes to 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 to, to resolve a dispute. It doesn't mean that because it's too mean. It's two against one. The pastor is not a man there, he's a pastor. It's you and your husband. Are we together? And it doesn't mean that if you are the first one to report it to the pastor, you are the right one. Because some people, they think, I can hit Bramsizi if I go to the police station and say, I'll open the case. That means I'm the right one. No, we still need to go through the process. Because sometimes you can even arrest yourself. Now, amen have gone. <laughs> Understand. Amen.
respect in the message respect respect brother bram says if you can't respect the man respect the office he holds in god there's there's a lot that you can undermine when you look at the human side of a pastor amen there's there's a way there's a lot it's easy to discredit a pastor it's one of the easiest things that a person can do amen but the most critical is praying for the pastor. Amen. That's exactly right. Respect him. Yes, I know respect is a two-way street. He must end respect as well. If a minister comes up, you are pastor. Always respect him. I've heard congregations talk about their pastor. Amen. You know, today we live in an interesting era. There, there are pastors that have become became lords over the churches. And there is rebellion against them. Amen. And say, what are the pastors doing? Amen. Now, lordship by a pastor and protest by a sheep don't make them right. The pastor is wrong. The sheep is wrong. But if a pastor is in his position, there's no need for protest. Are we together? Because protest is glorified in our time. I, I once heard somebody talking about his pastor and say, he knows I'm not afraid of him. Then I realized it's a wrong spirit. Because when you've got your pastor, you want to help him. You want to pray for him. And if there is a danger coming, you are the first one to warn him and say, pastor, let's be careful of that one. Amen. Not that you go around and say, the pastor is afraid of me. I think it is dangerous to be if the pastor is afraid of you. Because the pastor must be afraid of the devil or stay away from the devil. Amen. Yes. Amen. I think one day I must preach a message how to correct a pastor. It's a popular subject, but as somebody, we've, we've got it. 
A pastor is a human being, Bramsis. It's not an angel. Yes, he's an angel to the church. But he's still human. He's got his humanity. There are things that he can overlook. That's why a good church prays for its pastor. And a good pastor prays for its church. Because why? It is through prayer. And and these days, I don't know because we live during a Google age. I think, brother, Mtabi, you pick it up as well in your surgery. Patient don't come to the doctor these days clueless. No, to the doctor. Clueless. Before he comes, he's on Google. Checking this, checking that, checking that. Then thereafter, when he is not sure how to correlate the information, because he's not an expert, he comes to the doctor. But when he's sitting there, he wants to pretend like he's Mr. Know It All. Is this the right antibiotic? Hallelujah. Is there a blue antibiotic and a what other color? Red, ne? I don't know. Is it the by the deep, ne? Yes. But another ship comes and says, I need red. Oh, my patient. I say, goodness, okay. We are, we are two doctors. One is sick and came to another one. <laughs> That's the people of our age. Even young men, when they come to the pastor these days, they don't come to say, Pastor, how can you help me? How can I resolve this? No, Pastor, I think we need to do one, two, three. Maybe you are a pastor already. Because they live during Google age. They know. They partook from the tree of knowledge. Do you know what I'm t- it doesn't happen to you with parents. They don't ask you these days. They tell you what is how it's gonna be. And when you say no, not like that, they say old school. They bang the door, move out. The greatest danger in this age is lack of humility. Because the language, the knowledge has become in abundance. As you talk to them, they are on phone. According to Google, I was checking, it's not like that. Now, as a parent, you wonder, is, is it Google that gave birth to you? Or it's me that gave it. Are we together? It's a song. Warning then judgment. I think I've been this three, this one. Amen. I think another thing. A message, a greater witness than John. A greater witness than John. It's been one of the most amazing things that I've noticed along the along the lines of my ministry. For our Lord Jesus. 
is the peculiarity of people. Peculiarity. The strangeness of people. That's what the prophet says. And the study of human life is one of the greatest things that a person can study to watch nature of people. That's what the prophet speaks about. That's what we, we learn as pastors. The peculiarity of people. And we study the human life. Can you see the pastor deals with reality? Not the supernatural, the human life. He needs to understand the human life. Amen. And the different parts of the nation and world to where you go, you'll notice that there's a different attitude that people take towards Christ. Towards his service, towards his servants, towards worship. One of the things has been that one type of meeting will just be wonderful in one part of the country where it won't work in the other part of the country. Hallelujah. Do you know that a good sermon in this church can be a bad sermon in another church? And a, a, ba- a bad sermon in this church can be a good sermon somewhere. Uh, how many know what I'm talking about? Because people, when you study human life, that's why you, you need to know those people. Do you know, Brother Brandon, we would go and preach in, in, in a certain state. Uh, and and he, when he gets there, there are people that believe if a preacher has got notes, he's not prepared. That's why he's got notes. If he was prepared, the notes will be in his head. And you go to others, if you don't have notes, you're not prepared. That is the peculiarity of people. A human being is very complex. You, you can never lead a human being until you've got the spirit of Christ. You need the one that has created him to help you to lead him. Outside of that, a human being is complex. Amen. Amen. But mostly the way the people are taught. The church will never live higher than its pastor teaches. You slid them find that. You, you, you rarely find that. You've got a good sound saying gospel teacher. You usually find that type of a church. It's just where your pastor leads you and the pastors that you feed on. You you can't be higher than your pastor. Now in the message, in this one, the teacher, I'm just going to 
or, or this one of a teacher. Because of time, I'm just going to paraphrase it. Brother Brown says, if God has called a man to be a teacher, check how he interprets the scriptures. If he connects them nicely, and brings out something and illuminate the scriptures. Then you know that that man is called to be a teacher. But if it is mixed masala, then he is not called to be a teacher. A teacher is a special ministry. Because the preaching condemns you. But teaching places you positionally. So a teacher will come and connect the subject for you. And we need teachers. But the church must be full of the Holy Ghost. Because a teacher, when it goes off, Track. Before you catch it, he has done so much damage. How many know what I'm talking about? All these movements, the thunders movement came from teaching. But God still has genuine teachers. But as I close, in the message of total deliverance, when God sends a man to do anything, he completely equips equips him with everything that he has need of. If God calls a man to be a preacher, he puts something in him to preach with. If he calls him to be a teacher, he puts something in him to teach with. If he calls him to be a singer, he puts something in him to sing with. Be what God created you to be and be authentic in your call. And when these things run harmoniously, then the spirit of God will move in the church. May God richly bless you as we stand up. Just in worshiping song, sort of for taking your time. Amen. Just say, mighty warrior, great in battle,
dismissed till we see you on Tuesday, Wednesday, 6 o'clock. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, it's been a long time. It's been a long time. It's been a long time. Oh, yeah.
Divino Gesù a All is well. I'm in agree. As long as you are under his leadership, all is well. He's a good one. Amen. Amen. The last one. Hey, brother, children, have you got a song? This man is a good singer. Come and take the mic. We made a promise. Every time you are here, you're gonna sing a song. <laughs> Don't be shy. This is a good church. Come, Rachel. 
Don't cut it short. Ne? My hands are very short. Just still brainstorming. <laughs> Amen. Thanks very much, Pastor. Okay. Okay. We'll try our best. Thank you very much. Uchesu pareme, 